You're listening to Two Dudes, One Disc. We're the most sought-after music journalists, the greatest minds in the history of... You really gonna make me read this sh- Just read it! <sighs> Take on the most influential albums of all time. Here's your host, Michael Heideman, on Two Dudes, One Disc. Welcome in, everybody. It is great to see you again on another episode of Two Dudes, One Disc. This is your host, Mike Heideman. And I am so excited to take on this album today. Sitting next to me is producer with the skills to pay the bills, the all-day Sugar Ray expert and WGN up-and-comer, Ashley Byhun. Ashley, what's going on today? I'm ready to dive into this album. This, <laughs> yes. This song is a great song to start it off with, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is the first one on the album, but it, it's such an amper-upper. Mm-hmm. It's just really exciting. It just really kicks you into a different gear listening to this. Because when you first get into Sugar Ray, which is the album we're taking on today, Sugar Ray's self-titled Sugar Ray album, you th- you hear a lot of their, their hits, which are more mellow. You knew Fly... You knew, um, you know, uh, what's the other one? When Every, it's over. Yeah, yeah, when it's over. A lot of more low-key songs, but this one's just like kaboom! You're right there with "Answer right. the Phone," and it, it's a cool message too. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Uh, we'll dive into it as we talk about it, but like it's very interesting when you listen to all the different albums other than this one. Mm-hmm. They have so many different sounds, and on this album alone, there's there's they go all over the place, and it's very interesting how they actually attract an audience. Because yes. it's, it's so there are it's very similar, but it's also very different. Like this is a very punk pop, like upper amper type vibe, and then you have like a more of a tropical vibe later on, and we'll we'll get to that when we go through it all. But yeah, it's exciting. So this is Sugar Ray's, according to Wikipedia's self-titled fourth album by the band. The album was released June 12, 2001. Oh my gosh, 18 years ago. Debuted at number six on the Billboard 200 chart, and eventually won gold took over the world. Mark McGrath came, went on E.T. Ashley became a mega fan of theirs. <laughs> I got to give a quick shout out to my friend Kelly Hovannik, who we will talk about a little bit later because she's probably the biggest Sugar Ray fan that I know. But we were talking about the fandom of these uh, people who got into Sugar Ray. What is it about this band and why this album out of all of their albums, Ashley? I, you know what? I was thinking about that after you asked me about the album. And I think it just has a lot to do with the fact that for me personally, have you ever, have you seen um, the uh, Scooby Doo live action movie where they go to the Spooky Island? Have you seen that movie? <laughs> it's no. funny you mentioned that because when I was doing research, I did c- catch a glimpse of that. But no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so for my age group, because 18 years ago I was only like four or something mm-hmm. like that. So I was also four. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but I was I was young, so. My introduction to this band was watching the Scooby-Doo movie, the live-action movie, because if you haven't seen the movie, uh, spoiler alert, there's like uh, aliens or like these weird dudes, and they're in a scene, they're like in a party scene where they're the band at like this pool party, Mm -hmm. and they are like, their eyes change color, and it's supposed to insinuate that they're the aliens, like they're in their bodies, and one of the songs on this album is actually featured in the movie 
And that was my introduction to Sugar Ray because my mom and I were watching the movie and she was like, that guy's hot, Mark McGrath. Mm-hmm. And as like a little kid, I was like, yeah, that guy's hot. And then <laughs> that's what made me want to listen to music. Also, the music's awesome, but yeah. as a kid, that's that was my introduction. Wait, so for you, the hottest kind of guys were uh, possessed ghouls? Yes. At the time? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Teach their own. Teach their own. All right, so that was the first song, Answer the Phone. I'm going to take off these sunglasses that I was wearing for all of our Facebook Live audience. You can't see that, but or you can see that, but you can't see it if you're on the podcast. Let's go into the next song real quick, which is When It's Over. So this was obviously a hit of theirs. I I remember growing up and listening to this song, too. It would always be playing on the radio nonstop, almost too much at, at one point. Yeah. But, but you were talking about how you you grew with a connection of from them by watching them on the Scooby Doo movie. That's really important to to uh, to showcase your music because a lot of favorite bands that I've seen were the same way. The first time I heard Weezer uh, was when I my friend in like first or second grade he invited me over and he said you got to watch this music video and it was them dancing in happy days and i was like oh the connection to music and pop art is so so important and um yeah it was cool tell me about that movie though so you one day you're just like this band is it's it yeah i when i was watching the movie this when we get to the song i'll say which song it is but the song's very catchy and very mellow and I'm a big fan of like easy listening, but I also am a fan when like you have like the open strumming and like mm-hmm. a bunch of downstrokes. I like that kind of music that just kind of gets you hyped. Yeah. And they do a good good thing with with their music where they have a little bit of like this song's very easy listening and like you're like you're vibing, you're having a good time. But then when you listen to the words, it's also like it's about a breakup. And mm-hmm. I actually saw them live uh, a couple years ago. It was like a, a super cool um, like it was him, Uncle Cracker. Uh, there was another band there that was really awesome. My mom wanted to go because she loves Mark McGrath. Thinks he's the hottest thing ever. And they're like uh-huh. closer in age than I am to him. So she was like, oh. And I'm like, mom, relax. Um, she's like, that, I got the real yeah, chance with She's McGrath. like, I got this. My dad's just like, oh, my God. Okay, fine, whatever. My dad was at the concert. We were all like in the mm-hmm. front row. We're like, yeah. But he was actually, uh, he was talking about how this is about a breakup. And he was like telling the story about it. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting like hearing like the songs that I've listened to for forever, yeah. seeing them live and then actually like being like, oh yeah, this is about this or this is about that. Huh. So interesting. Now, do you are you a person who listens to more of the lyrics or the melodies of songs? The melody catches my attention, mm-hmm. and then once I like get the melody, I yeah, I dive in deep with the lyrics. I'll listen to the same song on repeat for hours and hours and hours, and my brother hates it. He'll be like, "Can we change the song?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm trying to learn all the lyrics because I don't. I like learning the lyrics by listening. I, mm-hmm. I can read them, but I like like once I figure it out, I'm like, oh, I got that just by listening it to so much. Yeah, and it means more if it just kind of sinks into you. I mean, that's the beauty of music. There's something about it that just connects in a different kind of synapse in your brain where you're like, wow, I can really feel what this singer was going through. Right. Mm-hmm. So you saw them live. Where did you see them live for the first time? I don't really remember. It was in Chicago, but it was like on the side. It was like a lakeside type thing. It was a, it was like a Ravinia style where you just take lawn chairs and you sit out on the lawn. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't at Ravinia. Um, but it was super cool. It was about maybe five or six years ago. Okay. So I'm actually really excited. I got to 
to see them because, like, not that long in April, it came out that he's actually going deaf, Mark McGrath. Yeah, you had mentioned that. So Mark McGrath is going deaf, which is kind of sad. But a, so sad. you think that more rock stars would be going deaf, but it's, why is it still shocking when we're like, oh, a guy who stood next to an amplifier all day is now going yeah, deaf? Really, oh. Yeah, so do you have any insight into that? Not really. I mean, I... It makes all the sense in the world because, like, what I was telling you probably off the podcast was um, their albums before this album was released and even some of their stuff later on in their career, they have so many different sounds. They're mm-hmm. either super intense, hardcore rock sounds like or really grungy kind of sounds mixed with this easy listening. So when you listen to, like, When It's Over, like, the other songs that we're going to be listening to, it's, mm-hmm. like, very mellow. You're, like, he's going deaf from just, like, super mellow, like, vibey, beachy stuff. But yeah. then when you go back into their later days, it's just, like, oh, this is, like, super hard core and, like, super exciting and, like, very loud and, like, bassy. So it makes sense when you like yeah. know the history of like their music, but it's a little bit more punk rock than we think because there's a lot of preconceived notions about Sugar Ray. He actually was quoted. Uh, I'm looking right here online at ET Online, his old stomping grounds, <laughs> I guess you could say. I'm deaf now. I cannot hear anymore. It's years and years of being on the road with two feet in front of, front of cymbals and drums. So high frequencies, I can't hear anymore. I'm listening to people and they tell me their names, and I can't hear it anymore. It's so sad. It's so sad. Uh, it actually reminds me of this viral video that I wanted to talk about. I'll dive into it with the. This next song, Under the Sun, playing underneath us, which is the third song on the album. But do you remember that music or that viral video when somebody, when Mark McGrath, his hearing was at an all-time high, I guess, they shouted out Sugar <laughs> Gay to him, and they said, hey, Sugar Gay, and, he's, and he stopped and he goes, he was signing autographs, and he goes, who called me that, who called me that, and I looked for this guy and, like, oh roughed him up, God. and that was, like, a big, you, do you remember no, seeing that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> That is, it makes sense. He had a temper like, back yeah, in the when day. when you have that lifestyle, that rock star lifestyle, I feel like you're just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm tough. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, he was a megastar. Like, they sold millions and millions of albums. And then it's just interesting to see how, like, this music of that time, like, late 90s, early 2000s, like, this was this kind of the sound. Like, Weezer has this kind of sound, too. Yeah. So it's interesting to see point. how, like, the sounds change within the era. Like, now it's a lot of rap and a lot of overproduced sound Mm -hmm. whereas this is more like melodic and there's actual melodies and it makes sense and things connect and the drums over here also make sense with the guitars over there instead of like a pre-produced beat or a pre-produced strumming pattern that's you're spot on with that there's something about 90s music and well put together 90s music that stands this test of time i mean this song right here could easily easily be a 2019 weezer song and no one would even notice seriously though and i think a lot of enjoying this to be honest yeah this song's awesome Mm -hmm. but like a lot of things i think happened but even back in the 90s and with sugar ray voices are a thing Mm -hmm. like if somebody has a very unique voice it stands out a lot like for me like i like their sound because I have a lower register for a girl mm-hmm. so I can sing along to their songs easily yeah, without yeah. it being like too high pitch right? ah! but um, <laughs> and he has like a very unique like it's 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 like a simple voice you know it's mm-hmm. not like outstanding like crazy different like in Weezer you, like, you wouldn't go to an open mic and see Mark McGrath and be like that guy is gonna make it as yeah, a rock not, star one he day he can sing so mm-hmm. well it's just like you know your average like hanging out 
but it's like it it rolls. It fits with the tunes. They're chill. They'll, they're really chill dudes. I mean, they're an American rock band. Grew up around Newport Beach, California, originally forming in 1986 with a heavier new metal style of music, which you had mentioned before, and achieved mainstream popularity in 1997 with that amazing at the time now I can just look back with it with uh, a little bit of tongue in cheek but Fly when it came out and had that hip hop kind of vibe with it it was the song to go to I Just Wanna Fly yeah that song is so cool and the music video is really unique too because in the music video if you haven't seen it uh, for those of you who are listening or for Michael mm-hmm. he's like walking on the walls and stuff it's in like oh, one of those have you seen yeah. that I should remember uh, the pool a lot was yeah, there a pool there's like scene? a pool there's like them driving through like a jungle looking thing. Okay. It's very like unique and different and kind of huh. weird, but that was what caught my eye with fly. So I have to go back and look at that. So he's walking around like a fly. Is the yes. whole thing like supposed to be about like do you have any insight into what the song was no about? No idea. I think I think I read somewhere <laughs> where I just want to fly people took that as like a drug reference oh but he he like came out and was like no it's not a drug reference it's just like feeling the vibes or something along those lines where people took it a different way and yeah like angry he was like no 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 it's not that it's not that it's this whatever that this was i would love reading that wouldn't it be crazy if it was just like a dedication to the movie the fly with jeff goldblum from the 1970s 80s (laughs) he was like no no no. it was about me my love for (laughs) all the songs that i that i wrote over the last 20 years are a Goldblum base. <laughs> you need to understand that about Mark McGrath. Please. Uh, this next song is, I really enjoyed uh, Under the Sun. That's Man. a good one. Yeah, it's very mellow. It's like, this is what I was worried about. So my friend Kelly Ovanek, we could take a th- two seconds to talk about her real quick. She is the biggest Sugar Ray fan that I've ever met. She had the license plate, the McGrath's girl license plate. <laughs> and and all the time, she had girl. magnets in her locker of all the, the members of the band. And it was funny because nobody knew any other member besides McGrath. Oh, yeah, I have no McGrath. idea who the other guys are. So I mean, like, like, I recognize them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, I mean... But if you just saw them on the street, you wouldn't know, the, you know, the members. So I have the list of their names. Like, would you know that Rodney, what Rodney Shepard looked like? No, I could or, not pick it up. What about Christian Etard? <laughs> no, got it. Dean Butterworth? Oh, that's awesome. Why isn't he more famous just from the last name? Well, he is. He's actually related to Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's his mom. <laughs> But it's just like you wouldn't know those names. Uh, the past members, actually, there was a lot of people that went through this band. Stan Frazier, Murphy, Courageous, DJ Homicide, AJ, uh, Al Keith, Jesse Bonavia, and uh, Justin Bivonia. Bivona. I'm like, now I'm just thinking Bona Beef at the yeah, moment. Bon- but this, I'm saying their name is very wrong. Um, but they were all in the band. Lots of turnover, but I would not really recognize anybody besides no, yeah. Mark McGrath. You usually can kind of sometimes tell when people get new band members because yeah. the sound changes. But mm-hmm. I, but I guess their sound is changing and like throughout the album, so it's hard to pinpoint what their real sound is when they have like so much. Yeah, it's interesting. Good point. This next song, Satellites. Um, ooh, this is another good start to it you you mentioned you like a lot of those open chords and they have a lot of that great acoustic guitar in this yeah. album which is so inviting this this band actually i don't play the guitar mm-hmm. i've attempted many a times and i've given up because oh why i don't know what i just what's holding you back i don't know i think i just i don't get bored i just want to be good right away oh see that's yeah that's like like mistake. i 
like I learned how to play more than words, and I try to learn. There's a song that's not in this album. By Extreme? Yeah. <laughs> that's a kick-ass that, song. That's easy-ish, mm-hmm. but I can't move my hands fast enough, and mm-hmm. I, I, what my was stopping me was a strumming pattern. Oh, okay. Like the, it was like down, down, up, down. I don't remember it, but I, I sat in my room for like two hours just doing the strumming pattern of what a different song would be. Mm-hmm. But actually, a song that's not on this album, it's called Someday by Sugar Ray. I tried to learn that one. Um, because it felt like it would be easy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. But um, I attempted. I At least I tried. Yeah? <laughs> what was the, what was the first band that you listened to when you wanted to pick up the guitar? Was it Extreme, More Than Words? It probably was. Cause I mean, that's a, a great song. It's a good song. It's in Love Guru in the beginning. Oh, it is? Love Guru. Love yeah, Guru. <laughs> I like your. Maybe we should do a podcast where we just look back at all the movies. Yeah, like oh, Scooby Doo, yeah. Love Guru, The Fly. There's a lot of great movies that are. For me, like around. a lot of music connections come from movies, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it like when we were producing. How you're like, I don't get to watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. or you don't get to sit down. And I was like, yeah. yeah, it's like I love watching movies, but I don't get to like sit down and actually like like not think of anything else and actually watch a movie Mm -hmm. but when I was back in high school and even like beginning of college that's all I would do I'd like hang out with my friends but then I'm like I'm gonna go watch this movie or like rewatch something and I'm a big fan of like like I'm a younger human being I'm 22 Mm -hmm. so I love watching like the older movies quote unquote of like the early 90s to like mid 90s oh god are you saying Love Guru is an old movie no no Love Guru is more recent but like I love all the American Pie movies and that's like later 90s early 2000s and like Clueless I'm pretty sure that's like late 80s and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stuff like that or like early early 90s but I like watching the coming of age quote unquote movies where like people in high school or like people in college and a lot of the music is this style music where it's a lot of more like guitar based and like electric yeah. guitar sounding or like acoustic sounding. Interesting because, uh, quick shout out again to Krista, uh, who's an engineer here at WGN Radio. She loves coming of age movies as well. Stand by me, she said, is, is a good I've one. I've never seen that one. It's on my list. I have a whole <laughs> list of movies and I'm like trying to slowly go through because I rewatch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen. I don't even. I've seen Clueless a million times. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched Dirty Dancing the other day a million. Like, I've seen it so many times. I just yeah. have to branch out and actually like, watch new movies. Yeah. You know what? It's it's funny because with movies, it's you try to be as hip as you can be, and you you'll go out like on a first date with somebody or something. And they're like, "What's your favorite movie?" And you always need to say something like really weird. You're like, <laughs> "I don't know, like The Royal Tenenbaums, or you know, like some Wes Anderson something movie. Something cool where they're something like, hip. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I love like you know, Pulp Fiction is always a good go-to, and I do love that movie. But in all tr- fairness, I mean, th- th- to be honest, I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus oh, Journey. <laughs> I, I, those are like my favorite movies. And like John Wick. I like, like oh, the yeah, first John, John Wick. Awesome. But you can't just say that. I know, because then they're just like generic. <laughs> like I finally just watched Hot Tub Time Machine and like that whole soundtrack is awesome because it's all Motley Crue songs. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, this is so cool. But you were mentioning the fact that there's a lot of great music in those 90s movies, which is so true because I didn't even think about the fact that Blink-182, one of my favorite bands of all time, is in American Pie. I totally oh, forgot yeah, about that. Oh, yeah, they like, actually physically are in the movie. They're, they're like, watching the it. tape of Nadia and whatever's going on. <laughs> During yeah. a band practice. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of their music is featured in that as well. And soundtracks, before we had Netflix and before we had Best Buy and, and all the Sam Goody places um, went, to, went to hell and it just disappeared when Spotify and stuff came around. Soundtracks were so, so important. I mean, there were multiple times when a soundtrack for a movie would be the number one album in the country. 
I mean, yeah, that's his, so true. Like when yeah. Shrek came out, that whole soundtrack. Like my mom bought it. Shout out Shrek. Yeah, shout out to shout Shrek. Out. Mike Myers, that's what I up. mean. Smash Mouth, like it had a resurgence yeah, because of Shrek. So true. It's just like it's it's so interesting to see how the times have evolved. Because mm-hmm. now I feel like you don't really think about a soundtrack. Yeah. Like I could look up a soundtrack to a movie and try to figure out a song, and they won't even have them listed on like the Wikipedia's or anything like that. Yeah. So then you have to like sit there with your phone and try to record it into your phone to see if it'll catch what the, the song is. It's mm-hmm. So much work. You're shazamming everything yeah, left and right. Like, <sighs> you're, you're like a freaking superhero with you're like shazam, yeah, like, shazam, what is this? shazam. <laughs> yeah. So that's I I listen like when I watch movies I do listen for a lot of music because the movies I watch are that they have that style of music like yeah. Blink One Eighty Two I love Blink One Eighty Two it's awesome same it's timeless mm-hmm. um, oh thank you know <laughs> high five to that the <laughs> fact that you you refer to Blink One Eighty Two is timeless because I I get I get some guff sometimes for my love for Blink One Eighty Two they were the reason I mean besides of course Eric Clapton and the Beatles and everything that I learned how to play the guitar, guitar. the first few songs that I learned were Weezer and Blink One Eighty Two and I and I remember Blink-182's uh, All the Small Things. I, I remember when that was, like, the most difficult yeah, song to play. And it's, like, when you when you see these performers, like, even with Sugar Ray, like, there are people that claim that they don't know how to make music. They mm-hmm. just do it for fun. That, mm-hmm. That's that's kind of their, their area. They're like, man, we make shitty yeah. punk rock. Like, yeah. Blink always says, it's just, like, crappy songs. So, um when you see that, you're like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I can make crappy music." And then you try, and you're like, "Oh, this sounds cool, or this mm-hmm. sounds bad. Let's try to fix that." And like, that's kind of the same with Sugar Ray. Like, both those bands got super lucky where the music isn't crappy yeah. at all. It's amazing, and they somehow just made it work, and it just becomes something even bigger than that. I would have loved to seen early Sugar Ray, um, you know, just waiting and waiting for their time for fame. And that brings us to our next song, "Waiting" by Sugar Ray. Waiting for Ooh, a slower song. Yeah, right? Okay. Does it say slow the entire time, too? Kind of, yeah. It's like a mellower vibe. Uh, you know, <laughs> what I when I host the show Sound Sessions and I ask these artists whoop, uh, all these questions about when they first started out, I love hearing the stories about when they were playing the open mic nights and trying to figure out what their sound would be because it's always so different. And thinking about Mark McGrath, like trying to work on the first forms of fly or or waiting, um, would have been a, just a cool experience because it's like, how do you how do you create this kind of sound and build this band of of all these members? I mean, Buttersworth and uh, Shepard, and <laughs> and it's just interesting to see how a band comes together. And I think that right place, right time. This was their moment with this album and, and the things that they were doing in the 90s. This was really, I think this was their breakout album. Like, they had Fly, which was before this album, and they had uh, Someday, which was also before this album. And those were kind of like their gateway into, like, the lim- the limelight. And then mm-hmm. when this album came out, they had a bunch of hits on it, like Once Over, you know, Answer the Phone is a big hit. Um, there's a couple songs coming up that were really big hits. And I just think... It's all about like the process. Like you see what works, what doesn't work, and I always find it so interesting when you hear a performer talk about like 
their most famous song, and mm-hmm. they hate it. Like mm-hmm. that, yeah. they were like, I never liked that song. Like uh, Jesse's girl, he hates that song. He always talks about how much he does not. It's like, yeah. it's not my favorite song. Like I don't understand. Like I, like he's like, I'll play it. I understand. I know people love it, but like mm-hmm. it's not my favorite song. That I, like that was not the song that I thought was going to be the breakout song on the album. Yeah. What well, to think about like Fountains of Wayne, who was an amazing band like from the early '90s on, the putting out music for consistently for over 20 years, and then their hit song is Stacy's Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like this most simple song. And I'm, I'm sure that that isn't one of their like go-to. It's like the, he probably wrote a lot of songs about his his cat that passed away or like a, his broken heart, and then he just writes one song about somebody's mom. Yeah, that probably took him <laughs> maybe a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. yeah, it is so interesting to to like really dive into a performer's brain and mindset mm-hmm. when they're creating something because mm-hmm. you you can tell like uh, I know. Uh, Who's a really good guy that's playing with the Grateful Dead right now? I can't think of it. John Mayer? Yeah, John Mayer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know he doesn't like a lot of his popular songs. Like, he likes them because that's that's how he got to work. That's what is allowing him to make more complex music involving the guitar and doing, like, really long solos that are really complex and intricate. Yeah. But um, it's like... It's like the fan base, people that don't understand music. Like I don't, I don't know how to read sheet music. I don't know how to do any of that. Like you do. No, so I do not. No, I do not know how to read how to sheet music. You no. just know how to play. And I know like how to play it. and that's really, like listen that's inter- to it. I find it so interesting how people learn differently. But like you understand the guitar. Like you understand w- if it looks difficult. Like you know if it's hard to play. Yeah. Just from hearing it. Whereas yeah. I would. I wouldn't know. Like it would. Everything sounds hard to me. So like. Okay. For somebody who understands music a little better than like an average listener, like. Like, I enjoy the simple music. Mm-hmm. Like I, if it was so, like I know my boyfriend. He, when he watches somebody play the guitar, or sees something super intense, like super different. Yeah, he he loves that song the most because he knows how hard it is for them to make that and create that, and how much time it took and how much thought went into it. Whereas like me, I'm like, oh, this song sounds cool. I like the <laughs> lyrics, and he's just like, yeah, it's cool. But like, li- if you listen to this and like really listen to all the notes that are being placed and where they're being placed, yeah, you're like, you have more appreciation for what's happening. That's that's a good point, and you know you should. I mean, not shitting on Sugar Ray at the moment, but <laughs> or any of these bands I'm about to bring up, but bands like Radiohead and these the bands, uh, well, mainly Radiohead, I guess I could mention. <laughs> but people are so into them, and I like the simple songs from them. I like Karma Police, and I like Creep, and I don't like anything <laughs> yeah, else yeah, that they put out. Whatever their popular ones are, yeah, yeah, it's more. like yeah. that's kind of like uh, that one band that sings like. Um, Oh man, I'm lost. I lost it. I'm gonna go see them live because I think it's hilarious. It'll come to me. Um, uh, oh, ICP, Insane Cloud Posse. No, it's oh. not them. I'm trying to think. Uh, it'll come to me. It's like totally far gone, but it'll hit me. Chumbawamba. Like, no, but that—that's—that's that's the only. Song I would I, see yeah. them too. Like <laughs> just, that was a just great to album. See as them, well. yeah, right. You just like ah. Uh, that one song, like for me, <laughs> okay. I guess I get it. this is not the band that I'm thinking of, but uh-huh. like for me, like Jimmy Eat World, yes. I only know a couple of their songs, mm-hmm. but like I know people who are huge fans of them and like know all their new stuff and like a lot of their older stuff. That wow, was, new stuff. Yeah, they have like a new album, not like new, new, but like that's new pretty word. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like I don't know any. I just know like the middle. <laughs> they have the middle. Um, uh, I think that's all I got. There's like that Hear You I'm Me blanking. or something. Oh, Hear You Me is a that's really a good, good one, one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sweetness. Yeah, that is. A, yeah, that one. I think one of their newer ones, maybe. No, that was like their first like hit. A, oh, never mind that. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I got. Those are the only three that I know. But people are are very dedicated to those bands, and it's the same way. You know, I didn't really flesh out my thought about Radiohead before people start hating on me and sending me <laughs> angry letters, which you can do at Sound Sessions Pod 
uh, or Sound Sesh Pod on Twitter or Sound Sessions Podcast uh, <laughs> at gmail.com. Send them anytime. <laughs> but but Radiohead, like, they, they have so much folklore behind their band now that that's why people are into them. They aren't even about the songs anymore. It's about, oh, he, w- he was going through this when he wrote this song or he was going through that. And to be honest, I kind of find that very interesting, too. Sugar Ray, I didn't know Mark McGrath had a really hard time going through drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, he was writing all this happy music when he was just getting high and flying, as they say. Right. It's it's so interesting when you really, like, figure out a person and then or like when you find out somebody's like super, super depressed Mm -hmm. and you're like, whoa, never would have never would have even thought that or anything. Or like you find out that they're like going to rehab and like this whole time when they were writing this album and you're like, wait a minute, they were in rehab. Yeah. Yeah. That whole time, and this, this beautiful piece of music came out of that. It's like this is so in- interesting how just things happen. Good point. I mean, look at the Beach Boys, which I wish somebody would say that the be- they want to do a Beach Boys album because I'd love to dive into the mind of Brian Wilson for a few minutes. I mean, him, the happiest song in the world. He's singing about surfing yeah. and everything, and then he was going through a severe depression and severe, severe uh, drug uh, problems, and it's, it's crazy. It is so crazy. I also, I thought of it. It's Papa Roach. Papa Roach. <laughs> where it's like one of those where you like we're going. I'm going to see him with my brother. Yes. I got him, I got those tickets for him for Christmas because every like we share a Spotify account. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm like listening to music, he'll hop on and put cut my life into pieces. Just, just I'm like every oh, time you every, literally every time I'm on and I'm just like John. So then I bought those tickets and I'm I'm really interested to see like what other because I know two songs, Scars and then Last Resort. Oh, yeah, those are the only two that I know, too. Yeah, so it's, it's all about cutting. It's like scars, yeah, it's a, cutting life yeah, into pieces. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> so I'm interested to see what the fan base is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> they really want to make those bands ours, you know? Yeah. And that's their next song, <laughs> which is ours. Do you like what I did there, Ashley? Yeah, I like, I like the the waiting. You did that, too. You did this to ours. You really just slip them in there. There's nice multiple transition. bad puns that will be made in this episode. So I love just, puns. Just, just be ready to go. Follow me on Instagram. You know that all my captions are puns. <laughs> Where can we follow you on Instagram? What's your Instagram? Little Beesky. So L I L underscore B E S K I. Little Beesky. Little Beesky. Okay, see, that's why I was having trouble uh, tagging you earlier on the, on the podcast. Makes sense. Now, this is a cool uh, thing that Sugar Ray does is they put out these songs that are so different from each other. Um, ours is. The music was hella banging. Wow. Like, still add that great, funky uh, DJ beat that they got. Um, really SoCal vibe with their songs. But yeah. it's just it's just connected, melodic, uh, almost female-driven vocals where it's, it could be a Spice Girls song. It could be a <laughs> Pop, or Papa Roach song. could be Sugar Ray's. It's, I don't know why I threw Papa Roach in there, but you know what I mean, right? Papa Roach is awesome. <laughs> they might be. I'm excited to see what their even other songs are. But yeah, for real, like when you really listen to the album front to back, which I've done multiple times because I do own the CD, but couldn't find it. I was gonna bring it, mm-hmm. but um, you you like you just like take the ride with them. Yeah. You know how like some some albums you're listening to a song and a lot of them sound very similar. Like n- more so nowadays, a lot of the songs have the same same frame, same. Pattern, same. It's not the same music necessarily, but it's the same style. Like this happens, same this, this thing, this happens. Whereas like for them, I feel like they kind of 
they have the same thing for themselves, but、mm-hmm. they put you on your toes in, in the sense of musically, how they place the music. Like, where's the、yeah. bridge? Where's the chorus? Where's this? Where's this solo going to come in? Oh, then it changes into a little bit of a funky little rap thing going on. Or、yeah. there's some weird beat happening over here. So it's, it's very interesting. And I feel like a lot of people I know, like myself included, you don't really think of Sugar Ray as like. For me, I never thought of Sugar Ray as like, this band is awesome. Like, this band is like, yeah, so the end all be all. Yeah, it's like all they, they do this. It's like one of those bands that just kind of is underrated. They are, they are underrated. They, and, and listening to this album more and more, this brings me back to just summer days in McHenry, Illinois, driving, <laughs> with, <laughs> driving, with, driving my, with the windows down. Windows down, air flowing, going on my way to Dairy Queen. Yeah, it really, it's a very summery, like, they're from California, you said. Yeah. It's just like a very summery SoCal hanging out vibe. Just like you're hanging out with your friends. It's just a very. It's、happy. like you're hanging out with your friends. That's、yeah. a good way to look at the band Sugar Ray. Because that's what it sounds like. And I love this song because it kind of walks you through a narrative. And we were listening. You can kind of hear the lyrics over,、um, over our, our talking. But he was talking about meeting a girl and what he was going through with her, with the relationship with her. And they take you through like a story. It's like we, were, we met, then this happened, then this. And I love how they. Structure songs like that because, as a songwriter, not a good songwriter, but I do try to tell stories in my music. And Mark McGrath is, is good at that. And, and from what I can tell, I think that he was the only he wrote all the lyrics, I, I believe. Wait, yeah, I think you might be correct because I, I believe when they started to quote unquote fall apart is when he started taking on other projects. Like, did you just pun us, pun us up right there with fall apart? Is there a song called Falling? Fall yeah, there、apart? is actually. <laughs> There is a song called Fall Apart. I thought that was next. I was like, that was on Planet. Falls, falls. Yeah, that's,、okay. I think that's on this album, yeah. Oh man, we got to bring that up. I'm pretty, pretty sure、soon. it might not be, but that is a good one. That is a song on there. It's, it is a song on there. It's not, not on this, this album. album. But,、oh, yeah, you know, maybe、one. we should just find it. <laughs> just play okay, it. Okay, I'm、there. sorry to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. No, it's okay. But like, what I was saying, when their band started to like, fall apart, is when he started taking on more projects. Like, he was on many shows. Like, he、mm-hmm. was the host of many like, karaoke shows. He did Sharknado、oh. 2 and 3. Wow. Which is, really? Which, yeah, he was in Sharknado 2 and 3. Not the first one, which I don't know. But,、um, and those are like fairly recent, I、yeah. guess, like 2013, 14 ish era, which is fairly recent. Yeah, and you know what? He's also very down to earth, Mark McGrath. I mean, we could dive into the folklore of him, I guess, for a second. And you know, I don't think he's sorry now or <laughs>、oh, sorry then or sorry ever. Let's go to this next song Sorry Now. This song is very interesting because when I first listened to this album, I did not like it.、Mm-hmm. But the more I started listening to the album, and like, like sometimes you just put it on in the background and you let the music run, you don't think about it. Yeah. Like, there are songs on here that I like more than others, obviously. But then when like, I'm listening to it, I'm like, wait, what song is this one? And then I look at the title, I'm like, oh, it's this one that I probably never gave a chance. Like, I just like, stopped in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I know this. This is written. I'm pretty this sure this is, is like, this has been probably in the background of multiple TV shows. Definitely. It has like that music of like the montage or like the slow pan into like、mm-hmm. a party scene. Yeah, right. Like there's like beer cans on the ground、yeah. and it's just like kicking sorry now. Yeah, yeah, and you like can totally just feel like it moving through the party and that in the background.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does have that sound. You know, isn't it funny how songs do that to our brains where we can put them in a place and a time and see them happening in a movie? Like, is, where does that come from as far as music? I always、goes? wonder that because my friend and I,、um, Megan, anytime we do anything, or my, even my brother, who he has a marketing brain, he's not necessarily like he's a creative type, but、mm-hmm. he's not like 
he doesn't do like he doesn't make music. He's not like a, a an arts artsy person. Yeah. Um, he's like a like an animal person and like a marketing and like strategic type of deal. But um, I know like for him and I, like something will happen and we'll do like an aside. You know, have you ever done that where you're talking to somebody and then you like look at the pretend camera away from you? <laughs> have you, you ever done wait, that? You, you Jim Halpert in the yeah. middle of a conversation? Have you ever done that? No. Could you oh give me an example God. of what that yeah, even like means? Yeah, like if you said, okay. I don't even know, like if you were talking to me and I was like talking to you and you said something that was like... Not insulting, but like jokingly, like ha ha ha, and I yeah. just go like look at the camera and just pretend like my brother and I do that all the time, <laughs> and it's so embarrassing because I'll catch him doing it to like yeah we could just like doing a little aside or like we'll make a joke where we're like talking about like changing the song in like a car and he's like you see the camera pan out behind the car and your body flies out like as a joking thing from like a movie uh-huh. so mm-hmm. I just find it interesting like my friend and I do it all the time where we're like well what if this happened in real life as if it was a movie like this is where the camera would be. It's so weird, because it's just like when you have that creative brain, you're just constantly like, oh, this would work really well if yeah. this happened, or like this, or this. No, you have like an you have an improvisational brain, almost, because there were many times when I'd be hanging out with my friends, and I'd say, I'd like do a soliloquy or a scene about them. Um, often happens, and I didn't notice I was doing it until somebody that I didn't know asked me what the hell I was talking about, because <laughs> we were talking about, um, like they were going into a new like company position or something like that, and then she said that she tripped and fell, and then I'm like, yeah, and then you tripped and fell, and you're and then the boss was like, hey, oh, yeah, what, what, what the heck? Why'd you slip on that banana peel, Ju- Julie? And Julie's like, oh, I don't know. And then he totally, like, jumped out the window. Yeah, you And she's just, like, what are you talking about? No, not, none of that happened. You're like, no, you don't get it. Yeah. You don't get it. I'm painting a scene. Yeah, you're, no, you're in the scene that yeah. I just made up, and they weren't, they weren't feeling it. Yeah, well, like, that's, that's the other thing. It's just, like, like, I feel like everyone that we work with, since we're all, like, creative types, everybody does bits. Yeah. Like, you meet people where, like, they'll say something, and then you play off their bit, and mm-hmm. then you're both doing, like, a scene where people think it's real, but mm-hmm. you're just like, no, we're both totally kidding. Like, John DeCoste, he does it all the time, where, yes. like, you play off his bit, and it's, it's like, it's like you have this understanding, like, we're doing a scene, but we're not, it's like, we're having a conversation, but it's, like, a fun little back-and-forth banter type situation. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see, like, you'll meet people where you'll kind of, like, set them up for a bit, like, mm-hmm. and they just don't get it. They're, mm-hmm. like, too serious or too literal, or mm-hmm. they don't quite understand what you're going for, and they're like, oh, really? And you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. Oh, like, we're I just hate trying when to, that happens. We're just trying to do this bit here. I'm yeah. just trying to set you up for some fun banter. How good is it, though, when you meet somebody brand new and they fall right into the Yeah, and you're, and you're just like, like oh my god, you're just like, this is awesome. We're gonna be great friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when like you when somebody references a very obscure movie or and then you're just like you you lock right in and you're like, oh my gosh. I had a guy that I worked with at Citibank, and I'm sorry for diverting from this this should great <laughs> talk at, at this one. I worked at a bank and this guy did uh he he was talking we were looking for a little key and he goes Oh, like a little refrigerator that you need to open up with a key. And I'm like, Home Alone 2. I'm like, you are awesome. And it's just like little things like that. You know, that you kind just of say when somebody together. doesn't get it and there's like three of you and like the two others don't get it. And you're like, oh. you're like they think I'm weird now. It's a, I totally it's, think I'm weird. It's wasted comedy gold. I know. And you just, like, you just like sit gold. there and you're like, Gah. I love saying that. I love being like, oh, it's comedy gold. Because like my friends and I will play off and be like, it's like comedy silver. It wasn't. <laughs> white gold. It's a comedy foil. Yeah, you're almost. a close. 
almost, you know, yeah, you almost made it there. That's like a sedimentary rock of comedy, <laughs> boring. But that, what I was going to say, Mark McGrath has the same kind of a, like humbling, uh, like not setting the bar too high personality, which I think which makes him such a relatable figure and why he has so many fans. He put out an album and he was quoted as saying, listen, you know, I know people aren't sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for a Sugar album, but that wasn't the point. About his own album that he was yeah. promoting to somebody who was interviewing him. That is, yeah, I that is so awesome when people are just kind of like, I'm making this for me, and if you like it, that's awesome. I'm not trying to necessarily please you, yeah. but it's like, this is my project, this is for me, and mm-hmm. it is for you to enjoy, but mm-hmm. if you don't, then that's fine. Yeah, and you just don't give a shit. Yeah, you're like, I mean, that's the best yeah. part. All right, let's go to the next song real quick. Stay On with Nick Hexum. This song's really cool. I this song is one of those songs like you play it in the background. Like I'm an odd bird. When I read, mm-hmm. I have to like listen to something or it has. It's so faint where you don't even know it's there, but like you know it's happening. Like you'll like be reading and then you'll check out and you'll be like, wait a minute, I've been listening to this song. I'm repeat. This is one of those songs for me where I've done that where I was like doing homework or like mm-hmm. like I don't even know like reading an article or reading something and. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, the song's happening. And then, like, you finish the chapter and you put down the book and you turn up the music and you're like, oh, yeah. Um, this song also helped me get through many traffic jams. I've, I've played the song on repeat because, like, when you're in traffic, you're just... You're either, oh. you're just like, all right, I'm just stuck, or yeah. you're just pissed off the whole time. Yeah, like, you, oh, I'm just stopping and going. And you're this either a b- bowl of jello or you're like an angry bowl of jello. Oh, yeah, you're, j- yeah, you're just a bowl of jello. You know? <laughs> but like, it's so true. You're, you're just like, oh, you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You can't get out of your car. You're just mm-hmm. stuck. And this song is many tra- Like, this is the song I put on mm-hmm. when I'm driving and I'm like irritated with the road yeah. and people. I'm just like, because you can't, you're listening to this, you can't be upset. No, you can't. It's, it's this is the most SoCal song I think on the album with the with the tying in of Nick Hexum, who is the lead singer of 311, uh, and it sounds like a 311 song. But two of the most popular uh, like SoCal bands, I guess, besides like Sublime, Sugar Ray, 311. You can just feel the funky tropical vibes that you that you mentioned. That how it starts off. Remember, flashback to answer the phone, which is a hard hitting, down driven, punk rock song, and going into this, which is these tropical vibes. It feels like I'm in freaking the Caribbean. Yeah, right. Or something yeah, don't like you that. feel like you need just like a tall beer or something like a tropical drink in your Ooh, hand? Yeah. You're just sitting on the beach and you're like, yeah, all right. This is the band that's playing over by the bar. You're like, oh, who are these guys? That. It's just very mellow. Is this what you transport yourself into when you're in traffic at the, Definitely. At the time? Definitely. I'm like, I'm not in traffic in Illinois. I'm, I'm in traffic in nowhere. Wait, I'm, why are you still in yeah, traffic? I don't know. In your... I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to be in traffic. I'm on a <laughs> beach. You're still I'm sitting traffic. on a beach. My eyes are closed. Just drinking, <laughs> drinking like a Mai Tai in, in traffic. traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I, that's my happy place. Okay. <laughs> traffic. I, <laughs> I feel um, you. All right, let's dive into the next song real quick. I love that Stay On song because it's such a pretty, pretty and well put together song. Words to Me is this, our next song. This is my favorite song by them in general. Um, really? Because this is the song that's actually in um, the Scooby-Doo movie. Okay. Um, the aforementioned Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's highly quotable. Yeah. Like, I don't even... What do you mean by quotable? Like, the lyrics... Like, if you... Like, you could pick off a little version of the lyrics and, like... It, it like, you can use it in, mm-hmm. in any way of your life. Like, right now I'm drawing a blank on some of the lyrics, but, like... If you if you really, like, sat down and listened to them, and you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. Like, 
don't know. It's just like you could take little things here and there. But this is in the movie, and this was actually like the first song that I ever like listened to. Like I, I knew Fly because I had one of those um, like Now CDs. Do you remember those? I'm pretty sure they still. Oh make my them. gosh, Now CD! I had the first Now CD back in the day. It was okay. I wanted to look this up, but I didn't. But it was all the small things on the first Now CD? Do you remember? I think What's My Age Again was on the, on the first one because it was What's My Age Again, Bills, 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 oh. um, Fastball's The Way, like those kind of songs, early yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah, because I, I had a Now CD and all the small things was on it and so was Fly. So, um, so like I guess technically the first song I heard was Fly, but I didn't know it was Sugar Ray until later on in life when I was like, oh my god, wait a minute, I know this song, why do I know this song? And then like it registers like, oh yeah, it was because of this Now CD that my mom bought me when I was like six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> wait, so you had the first uh, Now CD? Wait, actually. I don't know if it was the first one, but it was on a Now CD or like one of those. It wasn't song. Kids Bop. It wasn't one of those things, but this, not this song, the Fly one. Like I want, I just want to fly. That one, they're one of their popular ones. The yeah. You know what? I stand corrected. Blink-182 is not even on the first Now CD. It's Janet Jackson, Backstreet Boys, Fastball, Harvey Danger, Flagpole, Sitta, uh, Spice Girls, Casey and JoJo, All Saints, Tonic Hansen, Zoot Suit Riot, These Barbie like Girl, Karma Police. Early 90s, yeah, or like middle 90s. Holy vey. Holy moly. Man, what a good time for music. Now so, CDs are, on, like, that, like when you want to go back and travel back into your mm-hmm. old times or whatever, like mm-hmm. your earlier music, now CDs are the way to do it because they just have a... They, they're just, they're, well, they're the, they're the Spotify playlist yeah, of true. their time. And now Spotify is, is all over and they're, it, you know what, it's funny to see artists thank Spotify for getting put on these playlists because are they that popular? I mean, I, to be honest, I'm a music guy and I love music, but I'm kind of disconnected from Spotify playlists. Yeah, is that how people find music nowadays? I, I think a lot of people find music in their Discover because I know I listen mm-hmm. to my Discover from time to time, mm-hmm. but... Um, Sometimes they get aggravated because sometimes you just want to sing a song that you know. Yeah. And you go to your Discover and it's like, I have to be in a mood to find songs. I rarely go to playlist unless I'm like, I get the aux at a party because my type of music Ooh, that's that a I good listen feeling. to. Yeah, it's awesome. But like for me, the music I listen to, not a lot of people listen to it. Like of my friend group, my friends listen to like a lot of rap mm-hmm. and like overproduced kind of things, mm-hmm. which I do enjoy. Like mm-hmm. I don't hate on it, but like songs I listen to are like a lot of old school rock from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah, and, like, good music. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly, good music. But like, I always feel awkward when I get the aux because then I'm like, oh my god, are they gonna you listen got- to that? Like, <laughs> So then I go to the, like the playlist yeah, that the, are like pre-made, or it's mm-hmm. like songs to sing in the car, and I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna play this. <laughs> we all know I'm, these songs. I'm the same way. Like I remember getting when I would get the ox, I'd be like, oh, shit, I don't know why, because I, I know that they won't like Weezer B-sides or something, and I'm like, I'm gonna look like a weirdo if I put on my real music. So I just like go to Kesha, like the yeah, radio station. Like people that they know, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, we can all just jam. Like I can live with this. It's fine. Yeah, it's 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 all good. It's all good. So you said that was the song your favorite song by them because they were that was the first song you ever heard yeah that was like the first one that i fully went in and listened to Mm -hmm. because it was in the movie and i was like this song's really cool and then like um we like it just was like a gradual build but that was Mm -hmm. the first song that i bought on itunes when people still did that yeah 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 Um, yeah 
I remember those days. Right, when you actually paid money. That was, a, that was a stupid, stupid idea. Like, <laughs> to, to, well, like Going back, it's like, oh, we're paying music, you know, we're giving money to the artists, and nobody really knew it was just all, it was all just a scam. Yeah. It still is a scam. Yeah, yeah exactly. But. You can still buy music, but nobody does it anymore because of Spotify. You have the option, so why? The best thing to do is go to the shows and buy, yeah. buy their vinyls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah, like the shirts or yeah. like... Or even their albums when you just see them. Like I bought the Blink album, the California one. Oh, really? Yeah, when it first came out, because I was like, yeah, that's an amazing album. Yeah. What do you think about Blink? Uh, well, again, sidebar from the Sugar Ray for the moment. What do you think of Blink One Eighty Two and them taking on Matt Skiba as the lead singer instead of Tom? It makes me sad because I loved like Tom's voice. Really was Blink. Mm-hmm. It's his band. He still owns the oh, rights my gosh, to it. Also, yeah. it's just like it's hard to. F- to feel that, like, to change the singer. But I think Matt's trying to do what he can to help improve the band. And you can tell that he does try to to play the music the same way. It's just not the same. It's not the same guy. It's not the person that wrote it. Yeah. You're, and that's a really good point because I don't think there's any other lead singer that could have had such a welcomed welcome than Matt Skiba because yeah. everyone loves Alkaline Trio. Yeah, and exactly. loves yeah. and I know you saw them live sometime last year, I think. I, remember I try to your... see them live every single time I can. I mean, growing up in the suburbs of Illinois, that's like the... That that was our queen. That was our Beatles. Was Alkaline Trio. That's so true. Just like back in the day, um, Naked Ray Gun was like for the oh, yeah? people in the eighties. They were like the, the yeah the, the band for Chicago. Yeah, David Dave Grohl's first band, first uh, concert he ever went to at the Cubby Bear. Really? Was Naked it really? Ray Gun. Oh, yeah. so cool. Oh man, I and I know. Um, yeah, Matt Skiba is a huge fan of Naked Ray Gun because it's mentioned in the parking lot song. I can't think of. Oh what, yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Th- that and then he also mentions Bauhaus, yeah, too, which is an old, uh, an old classic band. What was your, uh, what was your first concert you ever went to, Ashley? The first concert I went to is actually kind of lame. I'm not Irish at all, so uh, let me okay. just preface it with that. I'm not Irish at all. No Irish in me whatsoever. I'm Italian, Ukrainian, whatever. I went to, um, it's like I don't even know if to call it a concert. It was, it was called. Um, River dance? No. It was called Celtic Thunder. <laughs> okay. They were super popular in um in the US, but they like they were from Ireland mm-hmm. and it's basically these five guys and they sang a lot of Irish music, a lot of Irish like jig music, mm-hmm. and they also they covered some popular like Americanized song. Mm-hmm. And I went to that. That was my first concert because my mom was a fan of their music. Okay. And like she bought the tickets so she was like, Let's all go, it's fun and there was like a young guy in the group. It was like a different arranged age of men. So Celtic Thunder, no connection to Thunder Down Under, right? None whatsoever. Okay, I was going to say no. this. You're mentioning young guys. You're talking about group of dudes. No, unfortunately, no. All all Irish music. Okay, it's like all Irish music. And one of the guys that like the youngest one in the group, he was actually in Glee for a while. Oh, right on. He like he went over there and was in the show for a bit. He played the Irish guy in the show. If you, you watch the show, don't. Oh wait, I. Rory or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, he was now in Celtic Thunder, yeah. That's okay, so that's what, what's like the first concert you went to by yourself? That was like an actual concert. Uh it was uh, Hey, wait, uh, we're not knocking Celtic Thunder. Yeah, that well, is an actual concert. It was like a, the demographic was significantly older and we sat in the chair the whole time, you know? It wasn't like a, you're in the you're like, "Yeah, let's go." Wait, was it a chair or was it like a wheelchair? Cuz that was a, it it's was a the, really older was, crowd if it's it was a chair, but okay. there were a lot of wheelchairs. There was like a definite older crowd. But okay. um, the first concert that I went to alone was Passenger. Passenger. Mm-hmm. Wow, was this just a few years ago? Mm, it was when I was probably I could have been in eighth grade. Maybe mm-hmm. I was a freshman in high school. Okay, and that was the first con. That was like my first like concert. That was like 
an act like where you stood the whole time and yeah. you I actually knew all the like lyrics and I knew the band and or the guy I should say because it's just one dude but yeah 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 I went with my friends it was super cool Let Her Go is, is mm-hmm, the hit song okay. yeah, yeah. that's, that's what I thought nice well uh we just have a little bit of time left and that brings us to our next song just a little <laughs> we have two more songs after this we're coming to a close almost out of this amazing album it's changing uh, there's peaks and valleys for this whole album which is which is a lot of fun this sounds more like a country song actually, yeah there's like a little bit of a country little slide swing. guitar yeah. that i'm hearing in, in just a little slide guitars i just that's, I saw a slide guitar for the first time and like heard what it sounded like and connected it to a bunch of other songs literally probably two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that existed. What? I didn't know a slide guitar was a thing because I was talking to I don't know I was talking to somebody and they were like oh that sound you hear that's a slide guitar like with the little thing, whatever yeah. that thing is. And I was like what that. I hear that in like every song. You hear it all the time. It's you just very that, popular it's nowadays. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very distinct sound too. Mm-hmm. You hear it all the time. I'm like that sounds so cool. I always thought it was when you just slid the string on the guitar, like like made, bent it yeah, a little bent, bit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought it was. Somebody was like, "No, it's a slide guitar," and I was like, "What is that?" It's it's a really great instrument. A lot. It comes from a lot of old school Nashville when they would use that slide guitar. So cool. It's it's just to be honest, it's just a piece of metal that you're just sliding up and down on your on your so fretboard. Cool, it, it is really cool, and there's a lot of like four four string slides that you can use that you see on people sit on their lap, yeah. which are electric slides. Great, great instrument for for music. That is an interesting choice for Sugar Ray, though, because you know they grew up as a as a hardcore band before introducing the DJ concept into their music musical composition. Um, and again, a very tongue in cheek, Mark McGrath said, "We were the Chili Peppers with zero talent." So, <laughs> that's a, I don't want to say zero talent, but that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. In, in the nicest of way. Yeah. They don't have zero talent. They do have talent, but... Come on, Mark. Right, give yourself though. some credit, man. That is, that is... They're very Chili Peppers-esque. They have that sound, that you know, California easy mm-hmm. listening to sound, while also having the more intense guitar riffs, and it's interesting. That's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. I love the way that he's, he's using his vocal techniques in this song, too. And the frosted tips. Hey, oh, Total I, we side We haven't note. even spoken about the frosted <laughs> tips yet. That, I mean, was the look in the 90s. Like gel to a T, spiked <laughs> up like a little hedgehog, uh, yeah. the way that they looked. And he had those nice frosted tips for years. He doesn't really, he doesn't really rock them nowadays, though. No, no. His, like, I think he's a good, handsome frosted dude. Frosted tips. His, um, <laughs> his eyes are so light. They kind of freak you out. They're light like, eyes. Yeah. Have, if you look up, look up his face. He, okay. If you guys, for those of you who are listening, if you look up his face, he has very dark features, like dark eyebrows, dark. I don't know about dark hair, but like his eyes are so light with the darker features. He's a very interesting-looking guy as an adult. He's not ugly or anything, but he's got like this creepy look. I don't even know how to explain it without being. You know what I mean? Yeah. He. You kind of see what I'm talking about. There's like a. There's like a. Something different there. 
Is something is something hidden behind those eyes you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, like, he seems like an he awesome He looks dude. like a model in these photos yeah, that definitely. we're looking at. I mean, but when he was younger, oh, it was less noticeable. And I feel like now that he's older, it's just like, look, do you see what I'm talking about? Like, he has totally blonde okay, hair in, in that picture. In this photo, he looks like Carrot Top. This photo we're looking at, <laughs> his face is completely blown out. These eyes are beaming, and this is not the spike tip friendly face that we were used to seeing. He looks almost like uh, Draco Malfoy in this photo. Is that the guy from Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Malfoy. Yeah, he does. Malfoy? With the very light, light hair. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to call me out for a second. You're like, I don't know who that person no, is. No, no. Yeah, once you said Harry Potter, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, so we're coming up to, uh, oh, I'm, I think we skipped words. Oh, no, that's the one. We got that one. We got words of me? Yeah, we got so, it. So we're actually on our last song, Ashley. Disaster awesome. piece. Let's take a listen to it. Ending it on a more pop, pop punk or rockish sound. It's very poppy. It's another kind of country vibe, though, like a new Nashville vibe, but just put out in the '90s. And I didn't notice how much important blues guitar put it was put into Sugar Ray's album. But you hit it right on the nose in the beginning of one of our conversation when you said, "This is going to take us through a journey." I had to almost <laughs> buckle up because started out punk rock, now we slid into the tropical vibe, and now we're coming back through the South with these old <laughs> bluesy country beats. But this was it. I mean, this band, 311, uh, Third Eye Blind. Um, Third Eye Blind's awesome. Third Eye Blind, one of, you know, uh, my old co-host, Kevin Richter, before he left, that was his favorite band. That and band's actually, awesome. They're coming they're to really Chicago. Good. They're going to be here on Thursday. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. You're right. The forever green. They're going to be here sometime in the future. But yeah, they're going to be one of the one of the best bands that has sustained the la- the test of time. When I was doing research on this album, Mark McGrath was asked why people are so nostalgic about '90s music, and you and I really touched on it in this episode. Was the fact that there's something about the song structure and the way that 90s music is put together as opposed to the 1980s when once Nirvana happened the 1980s seemed almost laughable yeah. like that music was just like kind of a joke but there's something where the 90s is just were able to say structured because the songs were just that good they brought it back yeah you're right I love 80s music mm-hmm. but there yeah there is something with all the, the flashiness of the big hair and mm-hmm. that they were using that to distract from the actual music and yeah. it was it's just a lot of tight pants. Yeah, um, there were so many tight pants. But it is interesting how the 90s does kind of bring it back, like Weezer, Blink-182, you know, uh, Sugar Ray, where they kind of bring that... I don't know, it, it is upbeat music. Sugar Ray is definitely upbeat music, but for a lot of them, it's very, like, upbeat-sounding songs. Yeah. So it's... Like, saying, yeah, ha- just very happy. And I feel like... I, I grew up in the 90s barely. I was born in 1997, and I feel nostalgic listening to a lot of 90s music. Mm-hmm. My uh, brain almost exploded <laughs> when you mentioned that, that number. <laughs> but 97. I, so you almost missed the 90s completely. I know. I just made it. Barely. Jeez, what... Uh, did Were you... I mean, the Bulls did their three-peat before you were even born, or their six uh, championships. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty wild. But it's cool that you grew up, like, kind of a post-90s life and still found the nostalgia and love for this 90s music, which makes you a pretty damn cool person, Ashley. Yeah. Are you ready to rate this album? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Okay, we're going to get into it. I do have to ask you the three main questions of Two Dudes, One Disc. We'll do it over one of your favorite songs, and that song is... 
What again? Words to me. Words to me. The band Sugar Ray. You've been listening to them for years. You're an, you were an instant fan when you saw them in the Scooby-Doo mystery movie, or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Spooky Island. You would have hopped right in that mystery machine van with Sugar Ray if they would have let you. Have you ever tried to meet Sugar Ray? Have you ever met Sugar Ray? Never like, met them. Did see them live. Um, we were like front row. Like, we it was standing. We like walked up and sat at the front. Um, so I never like met them, mm-hmm. you know, but close. Did In touching ever... distance. Okay. Have you ever tried to book them on the show? I would totally do that, but no, I have not not tried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song by Sugar Ray? Ooh. It wouldn't be this one. I wouldn't want to do this one. I think it's a good one, but um, it's probably going to be one of the songs that we didn't play. Okay, that's fair. Um, and it's called uh, Someday. Someday. Yes. This is a good one. This, uh, it's one of their most massive hits. Yeah, exactly. Someday, yeah. When my life has passed, passed me by. by. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know that one. If if you grew up in the '90s or you're even like me on the cusp of the '90s, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my generation, my age group, we all knew Sugar Ray or knew some of Sugar Ray. Yeah. So that's like a, just a good, good, simple hit. And we're just like, oh, everyone would be like, what song is this? And be like, this is Sunday, my dude. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you buy me a little drink and we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it. We'll I'll talk I'll, about it. I'll tell you the tale of Sugar Ray. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I do love that song. Uh, that's a really good, uh, really good uh, choice. Um, mine would have to be Fly. I think, that's I think, because everyone knows. Would it. you do the reggae part? Of course. <laughs> that's the main reason I do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we didn't really dive into your love for Mark. McGrath, which I'm sure is strong. It's very strong. <laughs> if you had Mark McGrath in a room, what would be the one question you would ask him? I'd probably, since he is going deaf, I'd probably ask him, is it worth it? And he'd be and, like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> what? Is, what? Um, I bet to my heart of heart he would say it was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. But that stinks you're losing hearing, you know? Yeah. But I bet, that would be what I would be like, is it all worth it? Like, everything that you've done in your past, all, like, the addictions, everything, is it all worth it? for what you experience and like how you're living your lifestyle now. Wow. That's a very deep question. I like I like that. Was it all worth it? <laughs> you could ask that to a lot of music oh, artists. Oh yeah, right. I don't know. I, I'm sure that half of them would give you answers that she didn't want to hear. To be honest, right? Like just really sad things, and you're like, what? I know. You're, you're like, supposed to say yes, yes. I know. Come on. Well, I love that. I love that we took a deep dive into this album today. I think we're ready to give it the rating. Now, the rating system, as everyone knows, is on the scale of one to seven. It's the Avenge Seven scale. Four is the true neutral. Seven is the highest number you can give it. Right. What do you give Sugar Ray's Ashley Byhun? What do you give Sugar Ray's self-titled album Sugar Ray? I mean, I want to say seven just because I love it. But if we really like dove into like their skill set and all that kind of stuff, I'd probably say a six. A six? Because a seven is great. Like they're awesome, but they, you know, like some of them may not be great, good, great guitar players, great mm-hmm. drummers, great r- songwriters. Mm-hmm. So I give him a six. Okay, you know, that's fair. In the overall scheme of things. Okay, six is pretty strong. Um, Now, going into this, I was ready to give it like a three. Really? You were not (laughs) expecting it? Because I didn't know what to expect from Sugar Ray because, I mean, they're a famous band. I know a lot about them. I know their fans have a really strong affection towards them. But after going through this album with you and learning about your love for them and the way that you connected with them throughout the years... And then hearing the fact that they're such an eclectic band, 
I'm gonna have to give this album a solid five. Five yeah. is what I'd have to say. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an it's a great album. I love Mark McGrath and what he's been through. I love how he's so tongue in cheek about his music. He doesn't take himself too seriously, which is so rock and roll. Like yeah. you shouldn't need to do that. Yeah, just you're making music for everyone else to hear. Mm-hmm. For yourself and for everyone else to hear. Exactly. Yeah. It should all be for yourself. I feel yeah. like I, can we do like a sidebar real quick and a side real fast? Yeah. That was a great album. Wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Um, anyway, back to normal. Uh, Ashley, where can we find more of your information? Where can we find you? Reach out to you and and, and see more of you here on the station. Um, I actually have two Instagram accounts. One that's solely for posting things for around the station, um, producing things, um, and then one where I just kind of goof around and show more pictures of my personal life. So you can follow me on at, uh, on Instagram at Ashley Byhun which is A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-I-H-U-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also follow me at Instagram at Lilbiski, which I said previously, but I'll say it again, L-I-L underscore B-E-S-K-I. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ashley Byhun. Right on. Do you have any shows coming up or anything? Are you, uh, what you Who are you producing for nowadays? Well, I produce uh, my regular shows every Saturday from 1 to 2 uh, for Skakatoon. It's the startup showcase about investing in startups and all that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. then after that, I have Dane Neal on the road with Dane Neal where he talks about like food and cars and racing and travel. Um, and that's every Saturday from 1 to 4 collect- collectively. Mm-hmm. And then I've been filling in all over the place. I'm hanging out with this guy all the time, Michael, <laughs> right next to me and Joe for uh, Steve Cochran's show. So I'll be there for the rest of this week. And then uh, who knows where I'll be next. Yeah. We'll just we're riding the wave. Ashley, you are a kicking ass, and I'm so glad you could join us. You're on Two Dudes, One Disc. I'm, I, this is so exciting. When you asked me, I was like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> i got to think of some band now. We'll come back again. We'll have to do, uh, maybe we'll do Papa Roach one of these days. We could do Beach Boys for you. <laughs> I, I'd love that. <laughs> All right, everybody, tune in. Again, this is yours, Mike Heidemann. You can find me at michaelheidemann.com or wherever you find your podcast. Just search Michael Heidemann. Search Sound Sessions. Ashley, thanks again. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.